0: In a world where literature is dominated by dusty, leather-bound books with no pictures, three
1: men dare to venture to their local comic shop to approach the counter and utter those three magic words. Make mine paperback.
0: Welcome in and welcome back. To make mine paperback. It's a podcast about comic books, and that's basically what we do here: is just talk comics. I'm Graham Giles. Still no nickname because my co-hosts didn't want to give me one. Uh, this week, I'm joined, as every week, by our Marvel master Alex Shear, our DC daddy Stephen Shear. DC daddy. Whoop whoop. <laughs> <laughs> this week, we're continuing our theme for the month of August. Uh, it's what I read on my summer vacation. Uh, we took a brief break over the course of the month of July, and we did a lot of comic book reading over that month. So we're catching you up on the great comics we read then. This week we have My Book and the Theme My Book, Eight Billion Genies. Uh, this is a book from Image, the uh, book written by Charles Soule, uh, artist Ryan Brown, Colors, also by Ryan Brown. If you had one wish, What would you wish for? Now, what if everyone else had one wish, too? That's 8 Billion Genies, the new eight-issue series from Charles Soule and Ryan Brown. At exactly the same moment, everyone on Earth gets a genie and one wish. All hell breaks loose in a very entertaining way. And that's just the beginning. Buckle in for the wildest ride of the year. Now, I'm not sure if it's the wildest ride of the year, but we're about halfway through. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about issues one through four. And uh, so far, it has been a heck of a ride. Uh, and I hope you guys uh, enjoyed it as well.
1: Yeah. Um, holy shit, this comic. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 my comprehensive review. The end. language. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Perfect. Yeah. You finally dropped it at the right time. I'm proud of you.
0: Well, we're going to be talking about 8 Billion Genies today, uh, of course, uh, independent book, uh, and I, I tend to like the books that are from the other publishers, not our big two, uh, but before we get to that, read. Alex, what'd you read this week?
1: I finished up the five-run series of Captain Carter. That's uh, my girl, Peggy Carter, doing uh, hood rat shit, and uh, not really doing hood rat shit, She's a it's basically a what if she had taken the super soldier serum back in um, the 40s and she becomes the icon Captain America but the British version Captain Carter and we interact with her interacting with Tony Stark who is actually Howard Stark's grandson in this series and not his son a lot of a lot of really cool fantastic stuff. Like I said, it was just a five-run series, or five-comic series. I really enjoyed it, and I hope that at some point we get to talk about it on the show. Um, thoroughly impressed. I, I was very, very pleasantly surprised at how well it was put together, and the storyline was, was pretty rock solid. When did these issues come out? They came out this year. Um, okay. So-, so it's all it's all new this year. So is is Captain
0: Carter? Is that character invented? Did that come from the the Disney Plus show, or did did it exist in comics before that?
1: So there's yes and yes. <laughs> That's uh, so there's like where it's like Sharon Carter, but like she's also like Captain America, but she's not Captain America. There's just different things in different comic books. I think as early as 2018 where she is a super soldier, things like that. So she, it wasn't made very prominent until the the series of What If, but she does exist in other Marvel comics, just not necessarily under the name Captain Carter.
2: Okay, very cool. Very Steven, cool. what about you? I, I read a few more issues of Ice Cream Man, which uh, we talked about. Awesome. <laughs> we, oh yeah, I'm trying to get caught up to that. Um, I don't know, it's just a, it's a really good comic book series and i really love it too because i can jump in at any point and, and not forget what the story's about so i like to read those when i just have a few minutes so i read that and then i read um, a little bit of this watchman spinoff it's just called before the Watchmen, and it just kind of explores the characters individually um so that was i read a couple issues of that um but yeah just some casual reading for me this this weekend
0: <laughs> that's the uh how close are you to caught up on Ice Cream Man? Now I
2: think I'm on issue 20, 20 something, um, but I'm nice. I'm pretty close to current. Um, you know, I'm not sure what the most current. I'm on twenty two, so I'm not sure what the most current issue is. But I think we're at like thirty five no. at this point. Yeah, so I'll get caught um, up. Thirty four, thirty five, that ballpark there. Or again. thereabouts, but um,
0: yeah, I really like Ice Cream Man, so I'm excited that you're you're catching up oh yeah yeah (laughs) that's one of my one of my favorites another indie comic it's almost like
2: publishers other than dc and marvel also have good books well we've been (laughs) (laughs) nope no image has really been uh, nope nope no image (laughs)
1: they suck no No. image (laughs) no dark horse nothing not allowed
0: (laughs) well just to get off on a tangent a little bit because i i like to do that (laughs) the uh the thing about image is that it's all creator owned books so right uh while while image does the publishing um the the and and i i hate the term ip but i'm going to use it here um, <laughs> the ip still belongs to uh the why, creators why do you hate it and so much so, oh my gosh because it's it's the it's the commodification of something that's that's oh, really cool like commercializing like, like comic it books, yeah. <laughs> yeah like like the yeah, comic books could be really cool and we could just talk about characters and themes and the way graphic stories can fit into our idea of literature, but instead we're obsessed with the business side of it. It's like when when I listen to like a a, a sports show and they want to talk about all of the contract details for the you know, the stud third baseman who plays for this team. Like I I just don't care. I mean, other than sending my favorite player away, I do care about that. For the most part i don't care how much money these guys are making um i think i I know i know most people think they should be making less i think they should be making more i think ownership takes too big a cut from the players um but this isn't a sports show so we won't get too into that Um, (laughs) i just want
1: a great sports show sorry sorry
0: go on if you want a great sports show um espn (laughs) (laughs) that's right if you want a great sports show you could listen to uh the sports writers uh, which is a show that aired on local Chicago uh, cable television uh, in the uh, in the nineties. Um, I, I recommend <laughs> really that, the sports writers. <laughs> you're really old sports <laughs> news. <laughs> I, I really do recommend that one. I, I think it's a great show. But yes, you're right. All of the news is um, not so current. <laughs> uh, in any case, um, we uh, I don't know. I, I, I hate uh, cause when people use the term the IP, especially like on Twitter. They're, they're just trying to talk about the way that, like, the the business decisions revolving around superheroes and comic books in general um, affect stories, and it's just, I mean, so many of these people don't know what the hell they're talking about, is one thing, but then uh, the other part of it is, it's just not interesting. Like, we all know that Disney is making big business moves based on their, their you know, superhero partnership with Marvel, but the... Uh, it's just not interesting. <laughs> like we, we already know the details. We don't care. Well, I don't care anyway. <laughs> but in any case, uh, image comics, because the the IP remains in the hands of the creators, uh, I, I do think it, it results in one uh, a lot of interesting uh, twists and turns and and, and plot devices throughout uh, the, the individual books, uh, especially this one that we're talking about this week, eight billion Genies. but in general, It allows for a more complex diverse cast of books that image puts out um whereas when you're dealing with something like dc or marvel that has this larger ongoing universe you have to decide where each book fits into the universe as a whole does it fit in is it some sort of multiverse kind of thing or is it a completely separate it just doesn't take place anywhere in the the continuity that we know of um because of all those decisions and the way they can affect other books, the the, the top-down approach that, uh, that DC and Marvel takes, I think, while, while I, I certainly love books from those publishers, I, I don't think it lends itself to quite as diverse a, a,
1: a list of titles. All right. There you go. So did you. Well, you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why you're wrong. I don't yeah, have you're... a real reason. I just wanted to tell you you're wrong. That's right. You're wrong, and I hate okay. you. If you're um, only gonna hate you you're stupid so, Throw rocks at you so graham what did you read that's this what week? i was well, to, graham, yeah. um <laughs> that's
0: right um i've been working my way through the uh, the omnibus of uh the death of superman which includes the story arc the death of superman it also includes the um well the rain spoilers does he die <laughs> yeah that's right um well, the book is called The Death of Superman, Alex, so of Whoa. course he doesn't die. He's Superman. Whoa! <laughs> um, Spoilers. That's you right. To look at the title uh, before you read <laughs> That's right. That's right. I, I bought the book, and it was just this big book with a duct tape over the title. And so I, I undid the, du- the duct tape, and I went, no, not The Death of Superman. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and all the Batman fans rejoiced. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
0: darn it. I wanted to start with The Birth of Superman. <laughs> started at the wrong end
1: <laughs> anyway so you're reading through uh, it, this it,
0: it collects the death of Superman it collects um, the the story arc after that and and, and all of these story arcs are, are were within multiple titles at the time um, so with death of Superman we had uh, the reign of the Superman um, and then the return of Superman um, and so I'm uh, I kind of made my way through the reign of the Superman and and uh, who's hoping we're working our way into the return of superman uh, i think he might come back um again spoiler title
1: <laughs> can't believe it ruined the whole book i don't even have to read it now <laughs> i've already read it so that's right i'm all set <laughs> the um
0: yeah well the 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 book in general i mean it i think it's pretty good it's one of those uh those 90s books that I sometimes have a hard time getting behind i think really the 90s in general was was a dead era in comics um you know a lot lot of it falling prey to that extreme sort of thing we saw in the uh, the early image stuff we looked at um on this podcast but um yeah i don't generally love 90s books but i think this one has enough history behind it that um it's okay i'm not reading it quite as fast as i read uh Stuff that I, I really enjoy, so I know I don't really
2: enjoy it, but it's okay. It's okay. It's pretty good. <laughs> Graham's official that's verdict. Right. It's pretty good.
0: It's pretty good.
2: It's off the rails, but I loved it. That's right. Now that one's very much on the rails. It was on the rails, and it was yeah, just I mean, okay. It was not what you'd expect. I mean, <laughs> right. I mean
0: not, not
2: nothing too crazy.
0: Well, Death of Superman, it's not as. It's not as off the rails as stuff that Stephen would call off the rails, but it is. It does take some weird stuff. Like if you, if you hadn't been reading the Superman books up to that point, like in the early nineties, it starts off with talking about, oh yeah, and you know the the race of mutants who live under the sewers in uh, Metropolis, <laughs> and you go, oh yeah, sure, I know about those yeah, guys. Yeah, totally. Yeah, those guys like <laughs> Mario and Luigi and so, down
2: there. <clears throat>
0: And then, of course, like you know, our big villain Doomsday arrives with without so much as as any sort of herald. He just arrives.
2: Um, yeah, I guess that's why. So I...
0: there is some weird stuff where you're like, "What is going on here?" Yeah,
2: yeah. Stuff doesn't bother <laughs> me though. <laughs> so well, no. it was
1: it was slightly derailed. Yeah. yeah. And you and you enjoy it.
0: Oh, really? I th- I think my opinion is that most of the Doomsday fight. Um, The reason it occurs is because uh, DC recognized that there were a lot of comic book readers in middle America but none of their heroes actually did stuff in middle America and so they just had this doomsday fight take place across like Mm -hmm. there's there's a stop in in, there's definitely a stop in Ohio I noticed that but basically they like doomsday and Superman fight their way from the middle of the United States back to the East Coast so that way uh, some of those towns in middle america could feel seen <laughs> <laughs> oh that's very nice event.
1: you don't want to get lost in middle america that's right
0: anyway uh so middle speaking of middle america the united states has a population of of what about 300 million yeah, about
2: 320 i think
0: yeah so uh yeah it says a population of 320 million we've recently reached the point where um, you can start estimating the, uh, the population of the Earth as close to 8 billion if you're going to do your estimation. We're still um, between 7.5 and, and 8, so we're not, we're not quite at 8 billion yet, but we're getting there. Uh, and uh, that 8 billion number is important because it's the title of our uh, book this week, 8 Billion Genies. And it does come from the population of the Earth. Um, so yeah, before we get into my kind of overarching questions about this book, did you guys have any
2: thoughts on the, uh, on the four issues we've read? I mean, I thought it was a, a really cool take on a very familiar concept. I mean, the, you know, it's not like an outright monkey's paw, which I think that's how you described it, where <clears throat> pretty much every wish has like a negative consequence and think about it. So I like that they kind of steered away from that at least a little bit. And it was more about like the intention of the wish was important, but that take on it, plus like actually thinking it through, um, just like the the scenario of everybody getting a wish on Earth, like actually taking the time to think that through and, and how it would look. I thought that was pretty cool. So, I mean, I, I love the book.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's I think that's an interesting point you bring up is that this does kind of steer away from the normal uh, genie lore that we that we know Mm -hmm. about where like one we've taken three wishes and condensed them down to one you get one wish um but the other thing is genies generally throughout literature are tricksters they take the wish you make and they try and twist it um so that if you you know if you wished you said um you know hey genie make me a sandwich he would literally turn you into a sandwich um where they like take your words and twist them in a way that makes your Mm -hmm. wish bad uh, even though you thought it was going to be good. Um, and so, like, genie stories are, are either people being um, taken over by their own greed, people being falling victim to their own wishes, or it's people being clever enough to outwit a genie. Um, in this one, the genies are not... The genies
1: are almost true neutral in this story. Like, they're, well, they're granting people wishes. I was just going to mention that, right? Like, these genies don't feel like it's good intentions or bad intentions, it's just a... We're going to take what you want by its literal sense. It's, it's not even
0: literal sense. It's it's the intention of your wish that's important. Yeah, the intention so like, rather. Like like if you misword your wish, that's fine. They'll still like if if I told these genies, "Make me a sandwich,"
1: they would give me a sandwich.
0: They would, they would, they would probably literally...
1: give you, they would give you they would give you a sandwich of probably whatever you're thinking, like your favorite sandwich mm. or whatever.
0: Right. Yeah, it, it would be a really good sandwich. Now that might not be a great wish, but it would be exactly what I wished for. Right. Um and so I I don't think that these like these genies aren't you know the uh the idea of malicious compliance where they're like we're going to comply to the exact letter of what you said they're willing to uh go with that intent which I think is is kind of cool kind of cool for a genie story
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm a fan of the idea. Like it's overall these books were really really good and it's what's supposed to be eight books by the time it's all said and done.
0: Yep, so we we finish off on book 4 um which uh, we really just came out last week or the week before um, when you're listening to this. So we're, we're halfway through 8 Billion Genies. Plenty of time to catch up. And uh, we got four more books coming up to finish out the series. Uh, this most recent one, Book 4, kind of ended with a cool cliffhanger that uh, really kind of changes our, our viewpoint on things. Which I thought was kind of cool too. So overall,
2: thoughts? You, you liked the book? I liked it, yeah. I mean, it's definitely. I'm gonna read the last four issues when they come out. Nice, Alex. You putting this one on the poll list?
1: Oh, 100 percent. I mean, this. I mean, between the art, the story, just it grabbed my attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot really yeah, of really um, did. And and it grabbed my attention quickly. One because it, it put me in a familiar setting, right? One, it's in it's in Michigan. It's so, you know, so it's already. I feel a connection because that's a Midwest state. It's a Midwest area, um, and they and they depict Michigan things within the book. I think at one point somebody's wearing like a Detroit Tigers T-shirt or something. So they they really make it feel home, and it's not a bunch of sci-fi fantasy stuff like New York State College or you know. It's no, it's they're they're using elements of real life and you know different things that we know and are familiar with and so for me that that really grabbed my attention a lot quicker than I guess some of the other books that we've read that are shorter runs this one this one jumped out immediately and said hey pay attention you're in for a ride yeah
0: yeah I, I, I agree I think uh, I think the concept in general is a really cool concept right you can explain that to pretty much anyone and say what if everyone on earth got one wish what would happen Mm -hmm. if they all started making their wishes at the same time. Um, And it kind of, kind of a cool concept there. Uh, And then on top of it to take that concept and put it in a familiar setting like that. um, Yeah, I agree. I think, I think that's uh, that really what, what drew you into the book. So the book, again, 8 billion genies uh, issues one through four, what we're talking about, those are the issues out so far. Um, This one is, uh, we we start out set in, Um Detroit or just outside Detroit um, mm-hmm. at a uh, at a bar. And uh, we, have, we have a bunch of people there. We have a band getting ready to play. We have um, a kid and his dad who seems to be an alcoholic. Um, the dad, not the kid. Um, there's a uh, a bartender who kind of seems above it all. Uh, and we, we kind of have some some random characters uh, throughout the bar. There's a a Chinese couple um who are there and so in general it's a uh, kind of a an interesting cast of characters in this uh in this bar that that looks to be pretty much hole-in-the-wall bar um in detroit michigan um so so with that my first question here is is how does that setting right so setting both in the fact that this we can tell right away that this is roughly 2022 right it, it's, it's it's roughly now is the uh the time setting in the book, and then also setting the book in Detroit. Um, what does that do for this story? How does that influence what's going on? And how does that influence your appreciation of the book as a reader? Oh, that's... Alex, well, I think that's yeah. the
1: other thing. Oh, I, yeah, I was just gonna say, I think that's the other thing, right? Is the period of it? You know, the fact that it feels very modern, it feels very present to today. I mean, you, you know, even just going through the, the different books and seeing what different people are wishing for. It's it's stuff that I can see being wished for today, right now. You know, I think in book two or three, the president is, uh, is freaking out over North Korea wanting to be the dominant country um, after they just said, hey, we want to be the dominant country. And so now you're seeing all of these things where... we're not getting just simple wishes for like I wish I had a million dollars which we do get those right you know I wish we had a lot of money or wish I was healthy or you know whatever it is I I think that we're seeing the the, the thing that I love is that we're seeing the consequences to the wishes it's not just the wishes themselves because you mentioned it earlier about how many times do we see the genie grants the three wishes and well here you are we don't ever see the consequences of that. You know, we don't ever see some, if I say, hey, I want so-and-so to fall in love with me, we don't see them being pulled away from somebody that they fell in love with. We don't see them, re- you know, so it's just, it's different things that I really, really love that they tie into this to show real appreciate appreciable consequences to your wishes and your actions from those wishes.
2: Well, and, and now that you mentioned I'd like to see where the different... um different cities where these wishes are happening because like in terms of the setting influence the story. Um, and they, they make a mention of it even on one of the pages where they say like, you know, in 2022, everybody's wishing to be a superhero. And in the past, everybody, cause you know, we, we learned that this has happened before. Um, no spoiler, since people should have read this. But so we learned that this has happened before, and and I forget what they said. Like you know, back in the day, instead of wishing to be superheroes, people were wishing yeah. to be something else. People used to be gods. gods. That's what it was.
0: Yeah, people used to be like, like the <laughs> like the yeah, the yeah the heroes and the gods of the like Greek myths and stuff.
2: Yeah. So so, so I can guarantee, just because of of twenty twenty two and being very superhero saturated media, I, I'm willing to bet a lot of people would wish for superpowers. So that's definitely one way the setting, well, especially given it. that
0: that everybody gets a wish it doesn't matter if you're an adult or a kid mm-hmm. or a baby everybody gets a wish so the uh when we actually get to see some of that the uh we get to see some babies wishing these are these are genies and so they're magic they can understand the intent of even infants mm-hmm. who are trying to make wishes yeah um and so like we get to see everybody making wishes when we have a bunch of kids making wishes how many kids would wish to be a superhero mm-hmm. <laughs> right. When I was a, when I was a kid, I might have wished to be a Pokemon trainer. <laughs> yeah, I probably
2: would have been mine too. A Pokemon trainer, maybe like a wizard at one point or a Jedi. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you talk on that. Think about that for a second. You know, as kids, we wished for really dumb stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. like and and they and they mentioned. I think the 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 dad or the parents mentioned that in here. Like, no, like your kids. You know, and yeah, I love the, you, but you there's you one wish where the dad says.
0: Stuff. The one where the dad makes that wish right away, and he goes, he goes, I wish my kids couldn't make wishes without my approval first. And the kids are like, Dad, and he's like, No, 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 No. you guys are stupid. I love you, but you're stupid. Right. Which like is one is one hundred percent (laughs) true. Right.
1: (laughs) because because think about the things. Like, I remember times when I've wished for you know the world's biggest pizza yeah like 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 literally i
0: I remember on my birthday (laughs) at at one point blowing out the candles and wishing for like a big treasure chest full of gold coins um which like again you got one wish and you're gonna go i want buried treasure (laughs) (laughs) i mean it would appreciate in value yeah
2: so that wasn't a terrible I, maybe, wish. Maybe.
0: Who knows how the world's gonna reorganize itself. Yeah. That's that's but, the big thing that they bring up as they talk about the way the like everybody wishing for money has now mm. collapsed the global economy. Yeah. Um, well yes. the
2: excellent inflation would be just so stupid. It would, so gold <laughs> might actually be a safe bet though, because that is supposed to be you know like the, a guaranteed form of payment throughout history and will be, <laughs> no matter what happens, it's supposed well, to be who, I don't I think in theory
0: we say that, but the only reason it works like that is because we've decided that gold is that stable currency. But I mean who knows? This the way this world is reinventing itself, one some somebody's wish could just be I wish gold never existed. Yep. <laughs> and then suddenly your wish is wasted because gold doesn't exist
1: anymore. <laughs> I mean, who has any Well and I think I think and and we see this throughout the comics as well. Timing of your wish is yeah. critical oh yeah yeah you know like let's say graham says you know i want no gold to exist but then two days later i say i want gold to be yeah. the, the standard and i want you know and i want all of it you know whatever it is like w- between the three of us if we if we could cancel each other's wishes out and it would be insane and we see that's what happens you know Stephen was brought up or I don't remember
0: who brought it up, but brought up the, the President of the United States wishing for um supremacy as the as the most powerful yeah. and respected nation on the planet. And all and the genies going like, Oh, turns out every country on the planet made a very similar wish at exactly the same time. So we decided not to do anything because it didn't really make sense to, like, make one over the other when everybody voted for the same thing. So we're just going to let all the wishes cancel each other <laughs> Except out.
2: Except New Zealand. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> they seem pretty chill about it. Yeah, yeah, New Zealand's like, yeah, we're just, like, whatever. <laughs> that, was, that was very funny. That's because New Zealand knows that they would just get
1: destroyed. Doesn't matter. It's like, whatever. Oh,
0: New Zealand has always been super chill. <laughs> as far as countries go,
2: New Zealand is chill. Yeah, I don't think they have a lot of enemies to worry about. But um, – yeah, so wishes, we got with some wishes canceling out, and um, you know, another thing I was thinking above about is you mentioned about the setting influencing the the story, and and being in Detroit, there's that a uh, car assembly plant worker who wishes for like a car dr- dinosaur. So I'm willing to bet that, oh, yeah. like, you know, know, that's that's another another way. So in different you know cities with different <laughs> economic circumstances, are probably much different wishes too. So that, that's another way that influence or that you know kind of wishing happens throughout the story. Mm-hmm. So we start with these uh, these wishes, you
0: talk about timing of wishes. We start the story with one of the first wishes we get to see is the bartender going, I wish that that anything inside this bar, was that like this bar was safe and that everything in this inside this bar would not be affected by any wishes taking place outside of the bar so the uh the bar and everything in it can't be affected by any other wishes and so essentially he creates a safe space where like no no wishes can harm the bar and its inhabitants um and so in so doing this uh the the owner of the bar has created a sanctuary for all of these people and buys them time to make their wishes make whatever wishes they want um and then we see of course the uh, the bandmate the, the one bandmate who's in love with her other bandmate she wishes that the one bandmate would fall in love with her um which of course doesn't work because he's inside the bar and so he's not affected by wishes but it's interesting that the first wishes we see are i wish that somebody would fall in love with me and that I wish that my uh, my place of business, my home, would be safe and not affected by other people's wishes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so what's the uh, what one? What do people's wishes say about them as people? But two, like what's the difference between early wishers and late wishers when it comes to timing of your wishes? What is the uh, well? I, I guess I guess what's the strategy here? Like what what do you do? Do you try and wish last? Or do you try and wish first?
1: (laughs) So, I I think it's a twofold thing, right? You know, what first off, what what do people' wishes say about them? That inherently, humans are selfish. Um, you know, and when given an incredibly extraordinary power, we see it all throughout these these books. People do the dumbest shit
0: i don't know though i mean but, like a lot of people do dumb shit but, and, but
1: but but that's what i'm talking about is like people as a general like not you know what I mean, of course you get you get the guy who's like i'm gonna protect my bar i want nothing the wishes do to affect it so he was just very on top of it because he was just so prepared he and as we read it i get the vibes of a doomsday prepper from him which well, and it, was and very they, and the, apparent
0: yeah they they tell us explicitly that he has been mm-hmm. prepping for doomsday for a long time and in this and most s- recent recent issue we find out why but right. um the uh but so, so, so he was just ready guy, for that but i don't think he's making that wish for him right i don't think he made that wish to protect himself
1: he's making uh, I, it so that the bar can be a safe haven right. i mean, i get he's why trying, he made the he's, wish he's
0: trying to create a place that is, yeah, is safe from the chaos out there. And you see, he opens his doors to anybody. People who come up to his doors and they're looking for a safe place, he says, yeah, come on in. This will be a safe place for you. Uh, We'll we'll help keep you guys safe as long as we possibly can. But even though, like, so, like, that wish doesn't feel selfish to me. And it also feels very Mm well-prepared. Like, it's a really well-thought-out wish. Yeah. Some of these wishes, the, the one where we see the bandmate saying, I want him to fall in love with me. That's that's a selfish wish, but we also see other wishes that are based in in love. They're not based in selfishness. They're, it's the the uh, the kid's dad wishing that his mom was back to life the way that that she had been before she was sick. That's not a selfish wish. I mean, that, that's him wanting his wife back, but really, it's him wanting his kid to have his mom back. He he knows that. Not having the mom has has been hard on both of them,
1: and so it's it's a wish to to save his family. <laughs> so I want to I want to address that for a second. You and I read that section very differently. I the way I interpreted it was I mean the dad's a drunk. You know he's, you know we 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 that picture is very painted very clear for us. The dad is a drunk and is frankly incapable of being a good dad. Well, um,
0: at least yeah, as as he it, succumbed to his addiction, yes. Right.
1: So and I it think seems like
0: like this has come out since his wife's passing. Like right. it, it's not that he he was, you know, totally, you know, given over to his alcoholism prior to his wife passing. It's his right. wife's passing that's led him to this place where he can't function without without booze. Well uh-uh. and I think
1: but but I think that that's where I'm going with this is I think that he he wants to have that he wants to have his wife back he wants his son to be happy but he also I think to to some degree and this is where I think every wish to some some level is selfish not not bad but I think it is just to some level I think that he sees his son and he recognizes hey My son needs his mom, but I I Want my son to look at me With, you know, love and You know, respect again And I think that by bringing mom Back, the son's happy because Mom's back, and the the dad's happy And knows that the wife Can help pull him out of addiction, whatever it May be, so I think that To some degree, it's not a bad Inherent Selfish wish, but I do think that There is a degree of selfishness within his
2: Wish. I mean, I I think I just think it'd be easy to apply selfish to a lot of these um, wishes just because, I mean, when you make a wish, you're going to kind of have yourself and circumstances in mind, you know, I'm willing to bet. So I think a lot of things can come off as selfish. But um,
0: well, and there's <laughs> certainly there's certainly that philosophical debate about is anything purely altruistic? And, and I don't know that we need to have that. Yeah, I don't think debate here like... because because I think the the question is not is it purely altruistic, is it purely selfless? The question is, are these what are these wishes based on mostly? Like where do they fall on the line? And, and I think mostly that wish was about how do I provide for my kid? Let's bring his mom back. And then mm. the you know we, we eventually see the kid's wish. It, it's to become a superhero, but it's not to become a superhero for the fame and glory of being a superhero. It's to be a superhero so that he can protect his family. His, his newly reformed family how can I protect this this gift of a family that I have how can I make sure my mom and dad survive these trying times mm. um, and so like you know and he's a kid so he doesn't what's the most powerful thing he can think of it's a superhero mm. and
2: <laughs> and, um, and I would say that uh, what these wishes say about a lot of people I mean so there's certainly people that make wishes that are way more altruistic or selfish than others but overall it seems like um, You know, like a lot of the people who wished early, with the exception of the bartender, were just more like impulsive in what they wanted in that moment. And I think that's probably the hardest part about a genie is it's like people only think about what they want in that moment. You know, I don't think it's that humanity is necessarily selfish. It's just I don't think we think about the future as much as we need to. I mean, you could look at several current events going on. I mean, climate change and stuff. You can look at that. (laughs) Like, we're just not... As concerned about the future as we would be so some of the people that hold on to it and wait i don't know if they're more or less selfish but they are certainly more uh you know like more yeah well strategic yeah. Or, or, yeah. or deep
0: thinkers that kind of thing yeah. That's well yeah the, they're very strategic we've got our internet. we've got our chess versus our checker yeah. players
1: <laughs> well and so i the other thing i was thinking about too right you know i if it's me i think i want to hold on to my wish i want to really think it out analyze the consequences figure out okay if i make this wish how does it affect well literally everything in my life
0: that's the thing too there's no guarantee you get to survive long enough to use your wish so some people use their wish early as Mm -hmm. a way to say like i want to make sure that i live long enough to to see this thing out or i want to make sure that my family lives long enough to see this thing out um so i do think the timing of wishes is interesting because if you can save your wish, you're right, it does give you an advantage because you can see the way the world has turned and you can make a wish based on the new circumstances rather than the old ones. But if you wait, you might not ever get to use your wish mm-hmm. because you might die in the
2: chaos of this new world. Yeah. yeah, so it is interesting. Yeah, you still have to, even if you're a strategic wisher, you still have to take that into account that <laughs> there's a lot of danger out there. But
1: I, I think I, when I think ti- again, part of the timing thing, right? Your wish could inadvertently cancel out somebody else's mm-hmm. wishes. So obviously the the bartender, the bar owner, hey, I want no wishes to affect anything in this bar, you know, or or the bar itself. I want to basically, I want to protect this place. Mm-hmm. What's to say that somebody doesn't wish? I wish for that entire town. To be completely destroyed. Like.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. If if somebody had gotten in their wish before he did. Then his. Then mm-hmm. the, that bar could have been lifted off. If somebody just said. I hate Detroit. I want the entire Detroit metropolitan area. To be reduced to burning rubble. If they say that faster than he can say. I want my. You know. My bar to be a safe place. We wouldn't have a story.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I just I you know, I do think the timing of things are interesting and that's why I think I would want to be a little bit more strategic. Yes. I may not live long enough to use my wish, right? But I do think it's important to to try to to try to add some strategy to what you're doing to give yourself the best chance of survival. Mm-hmm because at this point you're seeing complete chaos it's not even just hey i'm you know i want to be a billionaire but like you're seeing guys like i need a car that eats other cars i need a unicorn i need you know i'm gonna cause mass chaos and hysteria because of my new tank that i can now park in my garage like (laughs) whatever it is like so there's so many things and elements to it that you'd want to find a way to make sure that your wish was almost used as a survival wish rather than a selfish wish.
2: Well, it's almost like you, and
1: again, maybe that's selfish.
2: <laughs> it's almost like you'd <laughs> have to like pack up with people though. Cause it's like the, the, the reason this one would work is cause one person could wish, you know, like I wish this bar or my house was like a sanctuary. And then you have someone else in there that wishes for something more fun or, you know, another survival. I'm like I'm right. limited food exactly. or something. Yeah. So it's just like I would almost have – you'd almost have to, like, form groups somehow because then
0: – Yeah. Well, yeah, because <sighs> if, if you can, if you can coordinate your wishes um, so that way some person can use their wish right away to create a spot where you can now safely organize what your wishes are going to be going forward, that's a huge mm-hmm. advantage. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I mean, if, if, you, if, if that bar wish doesn't happen first – suddenly all of these people thinking about their wishes well they're dead before they have a chance to use them so mm-hmm. <laughs> you're right coordinating wishes is super important
2: mm-hmm. yep so
0: with that i have i have two questions that i want to cover uh left um we find out in this most recent issue that this has happened before that, that we've, we've seen the genies uh, arrive on earth before and they arrive on earth when the population reaches right around 8 billion people on earth because, and it seems like the reason they arrive is because that's, it's the planet going like, okay, that's enough people. We can't have any more people. So we need to do something about this. And so it seems like these, these genies are a method of of population control, right? They, they appear, they grant people a single wish. um, And it's, it's the earth's way of, reducing the population of of humans on it um and really it seems like reducing the population of of wildlife in general because we do see a lot of destruction going on out there what do you think about genies as the the earth the planet's way to control the
2: population
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, I
2: I just think it's interesting that they know that if you... (laughs) Basically, if you give people wishes, then they'll end up just, like, annihilating each other. I think that's just more of a commentary on humanity than anything. They're like, if we give people what they want, somehow that'll result in there being less people now. Like, significantly less people. So I I think that that's... um, It's pretty interesting that they know it's an effective population control.
0: I wonder if, if that's a way to say... Like, that's a commentary on the fact that people are dumb, essentially, right? Like, like people are, are too selfish to think about what's good for the whole, and because of that, it, they end up destroying each other. Or I wonder if that's more of a commentary on the fact that what we all want deep down is what's best for the planet. Like, even if we don't know what we're wishing for is what's best for the planet, it's our home, and so inevitably the the grand total right the the sum of our parts will wish for what's best for the earth
2: yeah i like uh i like that explanation because i think um <laughs> I, I don't know i think human- <laughs> humanity can be a confusing uh experience but at the end of the day i think we're all still just animals at the end of the day so i mean it'd be you know like uh you just give a really smart monkey a wish like what would they wish for <laughs> kind of a thing so it's just i think i don't know if it's that or. um You know, it's selfish or dumb or anything. I think it's just that (laughs) you know, giving animals what they want, I think would be reduced to our animalistic instincts and you know, accidentally cure the earth because we're part of it. We're part of its ecosystem. That that's my Mm -hmm. thought at least.
0: My bet is a really smart monkey would wish for a banana
1: with (laughs) Wi (laughs) Fi. And he would call it a banana phone. That's right. um i th- this is tough i i think the idea of population control in this sense is is intriguing i mean it makes you think it, that people when given the chance to are going to destroy themselves and so i think it's it's really interesting that this is how they allow people to destroy themselves by their own foolish decisions right it it basically says hey you get one wish don't mess it up or do whatever we don't really care that's your choice but if you want to live you're going to think about this if you don't want to live and you want to just do whatever well good luck and so i think that that I, i think that that's in this sense it's interesting to see what again what humans would do given given the power to do whatever they wanted to do even for just a moment and i think it's it's an interesting way i mean you were even see it at the within the pages of the comics just the first couple or the first couple or the first half of this series i guess the population gets cut in half within like 15 days mhm
0: yeah i, I that's what I, one thing i we didn't mention but i, I love that they keep doing the the check in uh, on the how many days it's been and also what the population of the earth is in people versus what the population of the earth is in genies Mm -hmm. um and so we see as the uh as the number of genies go down so too does the population of earth which the the reason the genies are going down they disappear either when the person that they're attached to dies or when the person that they're attached to has their wish granted um and so the uh we see that the the population of the Earth and the population of genies both going down, although we notice the population of humans not going down as quickly as the population of genies.
2: Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. There, well, yeah, that makes total sense. There can never be more people genies than people, wishes. Yeah. So. yeah.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, you know, people are making their wishes and blowing themselves up. I mean, it's... Because uh, you have to imagine, right, the genies... If, if I die... And I didn't make my wish. My genie just disappears, right? Right. So yeah, I mean, you're never going to have more genies than humans ever. So
0: right. Yep. Yep. The genie population will always be less than or equal to that of the human population. My next uh, word problem involves a train leaving Los Angeles oh, no. and a Godzilla <laughs> approaching Tokyo. <laughs> uh, <laughs>
1: If Godzilla approached Tokyo going forty kilometers an hour and the train leaving LA <laughs> departed okay. going one hundred and ten miles an hour, that's right. Which me- which uh, which measuring system are we using? <laughs> that's right. Uh, the um, so final question, right?
0: I, I think in general, uh, we liked the book really cool story from image uh one of the things we didn't really talk about the fact that we have all these crazy wishes going on means that we have the opportunity to see really cool art i mean throughout this page, i mean for a guy like me who loves splash pages there's plenty of great splash pages that are just full of detail from people's wishes there's there's you know big mech type um, robots, there's there's a Godzilla at one point, there's superheroes, there's if you like blood and gore, there's plenty of blood and gore there's all kinds of magic-y weird stuff, just in general, um, you can tell that uh, the, uh, the artist here, uh, Ryan Brown, is, is having a lot of fun drawing this book um, with that being said knowing what you know from the first four issues, what would your wish be?
1: that's a tough one um i might have been on i guess oh go ahead steven
2: oh if you had yours but um i was just gonna say i might have been unfairly influenced based on what i read but um i would definitely combine a wish with uh stephanie and like i'm i would have one of my wishes would have been some form of survival but not immortality (laughs) Mm -hmm. so knowing what i know i probably would be the one to like make my house a fortress like i just No, that the best thing you can do is buy time i love i love that wish
0: yeah if you can if you can be like i wish that my house was was a safe space similar to the bar wish i think it's a great Mm -hmm. wish
2: that's probably it but because everything else would not so much matter in the moment i mean like happiness is always a good one but that's what's that gonna matter when the world's exploded and like you know money and fame and all that's you know success basically means nothing now so it's just you know, I, I don't think it's selfish to wish for some some sort of self preservation when, when all it's going on. So it would, that would be my wish, and then some form of like or some form of like happiness wish would be the other one.
1: I, I mean, I like it. I mean, that makes total sense, right? I mean, it's a, it's a good one. For me, it I'm gonna go the route of utilizing the fact that Steven has a fortress. Yeah, there you go. There you go. You're, um, you're coordinating you your go. wishes with Steven. Fine. <laughs> so I'm going to – Steven's going to be my home base. But I But I also want to just – I want to have something that will keep whenever we have to go out. Like, you know, protect me and this list of people from any harm whenever we have to venture from home base. So that would include, you know, like Graham and Danielle and Steven and Stephanie and Kona, Pumpkin, and – um Patrice, or no, not Patrice. Yeah. Patafafla, yeah. Patrice is awful. <laughs> I, I could Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I would want to make, you know, I'd say, hey, these people need to be protected from harm whenever they have to leave a safe haven. Um, not necessarily requesting immortality, but just, you know, not getting blown up by Jewish space lasers or something. You
2: know,
1: know, if they're going to die, let them die of natural causes, like, you know, a heart attack from seeing the Jewish space lasers. (laughs) But don't let them actually get killed by the Jewish space lasers. There you go. You know, make sure people are protected.
2: What about you, Graham? You didn't answer that question. curious.
1: Yeah. um, Well, I I do
0: think you're right. Um, The... um, like the, I think coordinating your wishes is really important because if you can, um, if you can, then you can say like, okay, so we've got a safe space already. Um, if we have some sort of transport, then we can like use that impregnable transport to go and get people and bring them back to the safe space. Um, so like once once we have that set up, and once we have we know we have like the the transport set up, then we know we can go out to places and find some sort of you know, supplies as as we need them. We can, we know that the, okay, our transport is safe. We can go and we can take that out, whatever. Then you can coordinate the rest of your wishes. And I think the key is whoever the last person to wish is, that person's job is you need to work with the group because the group has kept you safe to this point. So the group is going to come together on the final wish and we're going to wait until you are the absolute last wish. And then we're going to wish for. A world, and we have to decide together as a group what that best world looks like. Um, But that's the world we're going to wish for. Um, And so uh, I would wish. For a meatball sandwich because i don't want to be part of
2: I, there's too much pressure to come up with the final wish. <laughs> <laughs> all right great we've got there better got be the one damn side. good we meatball know, sandwich we know what the world needs to look like okay i'll go for a meatball sub <laughs> that's right
1: what if i mess up the words no screw you
0: i've been watching um a little bit of you know like seth mcfarland does that um it's basically like a like a more like a modern Star Trek show, uh, the Orville. I don't know if you guys have watched any I've of that. I've heard of it, but um, it's good. I thought it was going to be funnier than it is. It's it's very much Star Trek is is what it is. It's it's modern. It's good. Um, not as funny as I expected it to be, being a Seth MacFarlane show. Yeah. But um, the um, on that show they have uh, matter synthesizers. And basically, like, in all the crew cabins and on the ship, you walk up and you can, like, sit – I mean, exactly what it sounds like. You can synthesize matter. So you can go up and be like, I would like a a, a really old scotch or I would like a meatball sandwich or I would like whatever, um, and it will just appear. Um, and so uh, assuming that we've already got our, our, like, home base taken care of, that's my wish is is matter synthesizer.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. That's a good one. Dang <laughs> it. Very useful. All right. Well, with that, I think that'll uh, that'll wrap up our uh, our eight billion genies. I have a meatball sandwich to get to, uh, so we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be out of here. Um, again, the book Eight Billion Genies. Um, it's one of the uh, produced by Image, written by Charles Soule, art by Ryan Brown. That's that's both uh, pencils and colors. And uh, in general, I think we all we all like the book and we're halfway through. So it's a great time to jump in, read the first four, get ready for issue five and uh, really ride out the, the rest of this wish experiment with us. With that being said, next week, we're going to be wrapping up our theme for the month of August, uh, which is what I read on my summer vacation. For our last week in uh, August, we have uh, Stephen wrapping up his theme. Stephen, do we know what we're going to be talking about? next <laughs> oh, week?
2: man. Oh, man you know i thought that there was not five wednesdays in august so we are going to make a last minute decision here to read um let's see what have we not covered yet let's read all right we'll do mullet cop (laughs) we're gonna read mullet cop issue one it's a it's a long issue um you guys can get through it pretty quick um it is from Scout Comics, so it's super indie, too. Very yep. cool. And it, it's written by Tom Lintern. Let's see if I can find a cool description in here. Um, comic book. Yeah, it's a comic book. That's all you need to know. <laughs> so we're going to read <laughs> Mullet Cop for next week. Written by Tom Linturn. All
1: right.
0: So we'll cool. check out some Mullet Cop next week. If you want more details on the book... Uh, well, well, we'll get them to you next week. And you'll have to you'll have to jump in. This is a. Uh, it sounded like this was just a. We were winging it, but the truth is that we had planned for that so that you would be in tune for the cliffhanger of a lifetime. And you guys will all come and check out our episode next week. Talking about mullet cop,
2: it'll be. But the, great. Only, the other, I'm gonna warn you. So there's two issues named issue one because they had one um, come out and then they had. I don't know if it was supposed to be like just planned as one. But then they released a spin-off series that's the same as basically continues the story. But for some reason, they renamed it One. So make sure when you get it, you get Episode 1, Rise of the Buffet Warrior. <clears throat> okay. Oh. So Episode
0: 1, Rise of the Buffet Warrior. We hope you uh, read that along with us. Uh, as far as I know, I don't know anything about this book. So we'll <laughs> we'll be exploring it together. It should be it should be a blast.
2: So I can give you I'll give you my description so it takes place in the future where there is a um, apocalypse it takes place in the year 2100 there's an apocalyptic war that uh, wipes out most of humanity and so all that's really left is like mega malls. So basically uh, instead of having cities there's just giant mega malls and so like mall cops now are like elite special forces because <laughs> have like because that's <laughs> the only place to go so it's, it's a simple concept but it's a lot of fun very nice well we're moving from one apocalypse to the next so
0: we hope you enjoy your apocalyptic apocalyptic stories uh, we hope you can say the word apocalyptic uh, we hope that you came up with a, a wish plan of your own every family should have a wish plan you should first sit down as a family discuss your escape plan in event of a fire uh, discuss what you're going to do in various uh, natural disasters and of course discuss uh, the way you're going to plan out your wishes as a family so that way uh, when the genies arrive you'll be ready for them we hope that you are a genie yourself uh, so that you can grant wishes and that your life is short but happy and uh, we hope that you go to your local comic shop we hope that you approach the counter and tell the person at the counter make mine paperback we'll see you next week